And we are back for another segment of the John with Jesse on the uh, Power to the Ground Motocross uh, Motorsports Media Network. I am joined here with special guest Eddie Morris that we are going to have some fun uh, conversations with. I uh, hit hit a bunch of you guys up on the Discord to ask if you had any questions for him. So uh, we'll jump into those in just a little bit. But first, I want to do a couple of shout outs to our brothers over there at sunstar uh we'd like to give a special thanks to doug obviously um who created this this meetup that we're having here uh as doug do doug do do those things um <laughs> doug <do> things <laughs> yeah doug does doug things um so if you guys want to grab yourself some sprockets some chains you got to get your bike hooked up for this weekend, whatever you got going on, jump on over to sunstar-breaking.com. Use coupon code PTTG30, and you get 30% off your order. Doug has hooked it up over there, and we want to pass that on to you guys. So make sure you take advantage of that. Also, don't forget, bro taco hot sauce. I don't know, Eddie, I don't know if you love hot sauce or not, but... Dude, I bro love spicy stuff. I'm actually was like, wait, what sauce? <laughs> yeah, dude. So Bro Taco is it's a partnership that we've had going for for quite a while now. Um, there is a, a bit of a cult following with our audience over here. Um, they we uh, they developed a sauce that is like special, dedicated to power to the ground. It's really? called the, it's called the Brap Sauce. Um, it's uh, it's delicious. It's like a honey habanero. It's almost, it's almost like a spunny, uh, spicy, uh, uh, barbecue sauce. It's, Dude, I could have used it for my chicken fajitas I just had for dinner. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get some of that brap sauce over to you. You can give it a shot. Dude, I love it. I'm actually like looking forward to it. <laughs> killer, killer. So if you're, if you are a fan of spicy stuff like Eddie and, or I'm sorry, Eddie and I are. Uh, jump on over to brotacofoods.com. There's a brand new website over there. Use coupon code PTTG. You'll get 20% off your order. And uh, there's a bunch of delicious sauces over there. So check it out. Um, and obviously, don't forget, jump on over to power2theground.com. If you're into doing your, um, your picks, uh, doing some uh, fantasy motocross, we have our pickums challenge on over there so you can go put in your top five 250 your top five your top five 450 and see how you fare against everybody else playing the pickums on over there and that is all we got for shout outs over there so let's jump into this man let's go <laughs> all right so um the first question that i got on uh on discord and i've got i've got my own set of questions i want to make sure that i get everybody's everybody who threw them out there earlier first um uh doug specifically wanted me to ask you um uh -oh. <laughs> to talk about pulling in your driveway after Redbud. well i didn't pull in until late sunday night so i got um some friends that i hang out with at the races obviously i didn't race amateur day i just was kind of over out saturday went you know it's such a long day when you do these events man up early track qualifying lsq and like even if you got to do the motos and it's a really long day but i didn't get that privilege man red bull is pretty rough and as far as sunday went i um support um i have a 
bunch of friends that support me. Um, the guy owns a company called Factory Tracks Racing. It's an RC car team. Oh, and I've actually went to the races with them a lot this last year and got to know them very well over the last couple of years. And I just supported them, man. Uh, Al, the guy that owns it, I he raced, he kicked ass all day, and then uh, the kids raced, and this is what it is, dude. So like pulling in um after Red Bud, I was smoked. <laughs> like it was a long <laughs> weekend, dude. <laughs> I bet, dude. That's a, a race, an RC team. That's pretty. That's kick ass, dude. It's crazy, man. Like I never really knew the culture. Like when I think RC car, I think like the Traxxas cars and all the other stuff. And like I met these dudes in California when I went out there a couple of years ago, and ironically, are from the same state as me. And like they kick like complete ass at what they do too. It's pretty sweet, man. And like that, literally, the one kid didn't ride at all. And like he rides all the time now. Like the brothers, the dad, all of them ride like way more than they used to and it's honestly just been really nice to rejuvenate with really good people in my life yeah riding's contagious man oh yeah like completely um <laughs> it's like the cleanest drug i guess you can have 100 percent, 100 percent, the cleanest drug yeah that's a great way of putting it <laughs> um so the the rest of them were kind of wrapped up into um talking about your recovery from your injury last year um tiller, tiller specifically before we jump into that he wanted me to ask you what is it like riding with a set of indestructible balls <laughs> um you know they dent the gas tank every now and again so <laughs> <laughs> i don't ride crotch rockets <laughs> so that that question that question came out of a conversation we had in Discord. We were talking about your injury and um, you making it back in time for outdoors this year. So we wanted wanted to talk a little bit about your recovery this year. So how 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 you went about doing that? How it's going? Are you a hundred percent right now? So, dude, it's like it's weird, man. A lot of people asking that, and it's like as hundred as I think I am. I don't know if I am. It's just it's such a weird thing to deal with. Like um. The one kid, um, Max 115, um, I can't pronounce his last name. His dad was a famous racer too. He yeah. had the same thing happen to him in Supercross. And like he recovered fast, but I don't know if he recovered fast either, even though he's young. It's it's a weird injury, dude, because like I've been told by people down the road that have had it happen, like you can get numbness in your legs, and like I'm starting to get that. And it's it's just awkward, man. I did a lot of therapy. I didn't go to like the therapy the hospital wanted me to because like no offense i'm not having somebody teach me how to stretch i can do that on my own <laughs> right and i went to this company i'm a friend of mine she's a professional mma fighter and like i went out to her to ask him like where what do you think i should do and this company called hpi um has a gym like in dewitt and i did all my recovery there with a trainer named bobby and the owner's name's justin and like that was like i think the game changer for me man Cause like there were so many up and ups and downs with it. Cause like I got to where I could walk, which was awkward. Cause I had a broken collarbone and then the left leg and it was on both different sides. And it was just a lot. Cause like, as soon as I thought I was fine, it's like depressing. Cause you're not and the up and down of it. And I'm like, Oh, I'm really strong. Oh, hell no, you're not. <laughs> oh, and dude. Dude, doing all my recovery with them, brought a whole nother like stretch and momentum to my hips and, strength and my legs i never had it's like stuff i wish i would have known going down the road but i guess better late than ever but i couldn't be more thankful for the opportunity and group of people to make me better as far as like speed i don't know if i'm 
back up to it. I don't know. I might be totally fine with it. It's just, I've had people tell me, yeah, people tell me I look better than ever. It's just hard to say, you know, I, I'm not really good at judging it. I'm just doing my thing. <laughs> right. You're going off of the feel. So yeah. what was the, um, what was the turning point? What do you, what do you think they had you doing that kind of turned the tide for you? So there was a couple days I was in the gym and I remember like telling the trainer, like, I can't believe how much of a pussy I am. Like, seriously, that's like how I felt. Like, don't get me wrong. I've always worked out. I've always been in good shape. I've always done a lot with cardio, but like, as far as like strength conditioning, apparently I missed that factor. And then like, when you're doing this type of training, you realize, wow, this side's not stronger than this. And then like, I thought this was good and it's not. And like, I couldn't do it. And that's what frustrated me the most. Cause it was like demeaning. Like, wow, dude, I thought you were badass. Apparently you're not. <laughs> oh, then, like, I went through this phase where like, I felt great and I just kept putting in the work and then it was like, we're awesome. And then like just a little bit and then you're good. And I'll tell you, this is going to sound completely hilarious. The turning point I thought in it as I had a super, super bad crash at battle Creek and the beginning of the year, I like wadded dude. They, um, somebody didn't doze the track, right? Left like a wall of dirt, like a big wall of dirt. And I'm like cruising first lap, not even hauling, just, you know, standing up, not pinching the bike even. Cause like, I don't expect to hit something like this first lap of a practice dude smoked it, wadded down the straightaway. I literally counted like three seconds. I was in the air on the straightaway until I hit the ground lawn darted. Oh. And I got up and I was completely pissed because I know why it happened. And I got to my bike and I'm just like, dude, that crash last year to blew your legs off, which is what happened to me. <laughs> right. So you, so you're like, I don't want to say you, you I, well, you, you proofed yourself a little bit. So yeah, like dude, the, you trained for the crash, right? Like, don't get me wrong. You train for long endurance and like guys like us have done so many 30 minute motos Like you kind of know how to do the 30 minute moto, but like, as far as taking the hit, that's why a lot of dudes train on um, Josh Lichtel's dad, Dave Lichtel. He's telling me he's to practice literally jumping off of stuff and falling on the earth and rolling just to practice the, like, being tough as hell to, like, take that hit. And I was like, really? I remember that when I was, like, 18 or whatever. I was like, that's fucking sweet. <laughs> yeah. You never – I never thought of it like that before. But, I mean, it, the strength training definitely – I mean, so I, I grew up playing football. Um I've, oh yeah, you took the hits. Yeah, in <laughs> in retrospect, in retrospect, I wish I had spent more time on a bike than on a football field. But that's basically the same idea, though. Is like you're when you're strength training in football, you're not you're you're strength training so that you can withstand the beating. And I've yeah. I've just never I've never thought of uh, training for motocross in the same way. That's a very interesting take on it. Like. I, I don't know, man. Like I've gotten a lot of intel over the years and a lot of knowledge from a bunch of different people. And it's like, I've never had like a super elite, like motocross trainer to like listen to and be instructive. I never grew up in the era of training facilities, which is what it is now. Every place is this, like there was only a couple and it was like GPF MTF or bust, I guess back when I was like young, like my right. first time I went to a training facility. I think I was like 20. Um, someone, a great, great family member of mine. She's like a mother to me. I call her Mama Lacey even. She paid and like let me stay down in Mississippi with a really good friend of mine for months on end training with uh, Cole Thompson's brothers, uh, Jay and Kyle and all of them. And that really like changed my perspective on a lot of things, whether it be strength, conditioning, motos, like 
that's the only time I got that. I was 20 years old, dude. I grew up poor, never had that opportunity, and then, like, got that. And it's just, it's crazy, dude. Our sport's elevating so much now. It's off the hook. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, it's very, it's fun to watch it grow, honestly. That's, like, one of my favorite, one of my favorite parts is, um, one, watching the sport grow, and, and two, is introducing new people to it because they, they go hand in hand together, you know. Um, so how do, how long, let's, let's talk a little bit about your background. Um, how, how old were you when you first started racing? Dude, I was, um, four. We had one of the like original Hondas with the yellow wing on it and the steel gas tank. Dad had to put a plug in it every time to ride it. And we'd literally ride a couple miles from where I'm at right now at the dang middle school. Cause it was a big field and I couldn't hit the fence there. <laughs> <laughs> so like first time I got a bike, I like whiskey that blew my fence out in the yard. And he's like, yeah, we're going somewhere where this can't happen. <laughs> so the background of that is where it all started. And like, I didn't race till I was like 10 years old, dude. Like a lot of my friends that I grew up racing with were like winning state championships and lapping me when I like started the ride dirt bikes. It was an entirely crazy thing. And then like, you know, you get, I always tell everybody, dude, I loved what I did. So I got better at it. That's the biggest thing. Like I want, I train a lot of kids too. And I try to tell the parents, it's like, don't make it your dream. It's theirs. If they want to get good at it, they're going to get good at it. Like, right. You can't force that dude. Like I know a lot of dudes that like tried to be forced and they like riding dirt bikes, but they didn't really like riding dirt bikes. It wasn't their passion. And they like plateaued at a young age. Right. Yeah, you no. can't you can't force passion. That's nope. definitely that's something I'm learning. I've I've got a 13 year old daughter that I would love to be passionate about. Um, uh, she she does uh, um, she races sailboats, and I'd love oh, her. No to kidding, be that's kind of yeah. cool. She got into it a couple of years ago, and she likes sailing. I she really enjoys being on the water, and she loves just you know sailing. But I, I'm not sure that she'll develop that passion for it and i'm you know i'm trying to swallow that pill and be like because you know competitive athlete that's my first thought it's like we're competing here it's go <laughs> big or go home time and I, you're trying to like <laughs> swallow it like come on <laughs> I, I understand dude i'm i bet like i'll probably be the same way too when i have children or if i do or whatever like i'll probably be like so competitive it'll be like i am with everything dude I, i'm sorry i'm guilty of it i don't care if it's a video game or whatever it is like if i'm getting beat at it even if i suck at it like i'm not happy i want to get better at it right <laughs> and my my nephew just started racing uh motocross this uh this year he just did his first race a couple of weeks ago and um he's he's a little bit older he's he's uh 15 um but he's a he's a talented rider and i'm like i'm at that race and i'm doing my damnedest not to be like tracked at over there <laughs> I'm like, not my kid, not my kid. Got to con- you know, keep myself under wraps over here. I don't know if Coda is watching right now or not, but <laughs> if I went over the top, Coda, I apologize. And I apologize in the future if I do go over the top. <laughs> Dude, it is, it, like I have a bunch of friends are raised, kids. I got nephews. I'm like, I'm the same way, dude. I'm like, I'm cheering for you. I'm pumped as hell. And if you're getting beat, I probably, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I'm like, damn, man, I like, I don't know. Damn instincts. Yeah, it's that's what it is, man. Hey, competitive people are competitive, and there's really you gotta just you gotta be 
cognizant of it when you're dealing with other people because not everybody's competitive. Yeah, I'm very respectful to everybody. Dude. At least I like to think I am. You know, I, <laughs> I I look at everything as a perspective, dude. It's a 360 to me. Like, why are some people the way they are and they're not? And then like, just respect everybody's opinion, dude. Because whether it's good or bad, it doesn't. Well, just because you don't like it doesn't mean that you're you're right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So when when did you uh, when did you start taking it really seriously? Like, how old were you? Dude, you want to laugh? My first ever racing number on my bike was number four. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> Carmichael. So, like, as far as serious, I, like, always wanted to be a dirt bike racer. Okay. I just, I did. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Like, that's awesome. My dad raced uh, flat track, was pro at it. He had a lot of friends and, like, that did it. And, like, I just like to jump, dude. So, like, that was my background of it. The old man didn't really moto. <laughs> and... <laughs> I just grew a passion for it. Dude, here we are. I just like, as far as serious, I think when I was um, 16, I got hurt like super bad, dude. Like ruptured spleen, torn kidney, all these ribs broke, um, something with my elbow, like bruised lung, like crazy shit. And like a lot of people are like, oh yeah, you're fuck never going to be the same. And I'm just like, dude, I can't wait to ride again. And like, I think that was like a part of it that was like, you're serious about it no matter what in a sense. So a little bit of that, I never got the opportunity to really be pro. So like that injury lasted for a year and something and the licensing got weird, dude. I don't know if you remember back, maybe it was like 08 through 10, like J-Law, I guess they made it. So you had to have a high school diploma. Then they switched up. You could have a letter, but then like, it didn't even matter at the time, dude. It was like, I had to be 18 to do it. And my mother actually was passing away when I was 18. So like, I wasn't focused on any of that shit, dude. I was going through my mother passing away from cancer for like a year and something. And that was my focus. So like 19 or 20 is, I would just like, let's take it serious. But we never knew really how to take it serious. We want to know the truth. Like we knew that there was a place to be and a destination, but how to get to it, it, you know, not being a richest fella and all that. I just, try to take what opportunities I could and I worked hard. I did. I've worked a job since I was 14. I've never not worked for something. So as far as when I got a pro license, I didn't get it till I was 23. I um, traveled with um, family friends of Viskers. And if it wasn't for them, I probably wouldn't have a pro license. So they were friends with um, the guys own Mill Creek in Alabama. And they ran the series of pro-ams and they're like, we're going to go to all these. And I'm like, well, rock and roll, I'll help drive. And I earned my points that way. Heck, I even, my last six points, because they made me earn every point of that. <laughs> every <laughs> pro license, dude. I was like, I was like, we'll write a letter. I had all kinds of recommendations. I still got down there. You got to get the six points. I'm like, all right, screw it. My, I won't forget it, dude. My grandma passed away, and I was on a flight the next day to Alabama to borrow my friend's bike that they just got. Like, brand-new KTM stock 250, and I finished out my points that day. I think I got it by, like, seven points or something. Wow. Like, you just don't forget shit like that. And yeah. Everything I couldn't because, like, the pro license got – was uh, I attained it. I felt like, well, I guess now we'll try for the Supercross one. So I did Arena Cross for a few years and, you know, got banged up and barred up and busted up and missed a couple – night shows by attempt and was you know pissed off to the max and all that stuff and like i just like a part of me wants to earn the, that license still if that opportunity does arise 
and then you know whatever else dude i just try to keep doing little goals man just get better eight days a human like doesn't matter what it is whether it be with moto or work or family or friends and i just have a passion for riding dirt bikes man that's all this comes down to like until i feel like i'm not succeeding or moving forward then maybe i'll give up the pro shit but i will always race like you'll right. see me as in like the 30 plus i'm sure 40 down the road and all that i will like hell i hope i'm a quarter as fast as john gruy at his age <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's my dad's um my dad's in his 60s now and he's he was just talking about racing uh uh in a couple of weeks here so you know it's Dude, sick. awesome you want to know what's the truth i got a lot of friends that are in their 60s that ride i know somebody's 74 and still rides and he puts on a trail ride up north and the pride honest to god truth is these guys are still alive because of the dirt bike keeping them active yep like body in motion stays in motion Dude, my old man talked about on the ride again. I'm like, dude, I would love for that. That would be sick. Like, I don't want you to go really moto, but like trails, whatever. Like, it'd be cool. I'd love it. Oh man. Um, sorry, I'm sticking to my seat here. <laughs> um, so uh, another one of the big questions that I got that a bunch of people actually wanted to know about was, um, what is it like? Uh working full-time and being a pro rider <laughs> uh trying to do the impossible it's actually kind of funny so like the weirdest thing about it is it's frustrating because like you're always fast and like i still feel like i obviously need a lot of seconds to qualify straight out of practice like half the time it's just putting in the time man that's what's frustrating about it because like you have to fund your own program a lot of time. I do have sponsors, and I've been very blessed this year. I've ran more nationals this year than I have my entire life because of people. Sick. And, and like, it's, it's a complete blessing. I've never been more thankful than anything. It's just the sport isn't cheap. And, like, affording your life bills and affording that and then just trying to put in time. Like, dude, I for this year, I've rode more Wednesdays than I have in the last two years, which is crazy because I've only rode, like, four Wednesdays this year. <laughs> i think a complete week in warrior for the last couple of years and it's not by like choice it's just that's how things are playing out last year covid i didn't even think i was gonna ride for most of the year not because of covid but i figured that we would just save up some money get better and obtain some things and i had um a gentleman um that owns detroit motomob um bless me with letting me use this factory edition hunt do we went racing all during covid it was sick. Like, oh, that's awesome. Racing myself in the shape. Like, first race we did, I had arm pump with like two laps. I was like, <laughs> you know, like we raced through everything and got better. And it was a fantastic year last year, man. It's being the employee and the rider, it's a lot to balance. Oh, we just lost you for a second. Sorry. I didn't know that I could get a call in while on this. Oh, that's good. So I'm gonna put "Do Not Disturb" on. I'm hoping that I'm still here. You're you're still here with me. It's just a black screen. I'm assuming you're turning the "Do the Do Not Disturb" on. Yeah, um, it's not wanting to reconnect. No. All right, drop out and jump back in. Okay. All right, I'll be right here. All right. So this is par for the course. 
Um, we'll wait for Eddie for a second, see if we can jump back in here. And um, so, guys, if you're watching right now, if you have any questions, um, drop them in the comment section, and I will jump back to those at the end of the uh, conversation. And um, I'll ask that I'll ask Eddie any questions you guys got. Um, I know who we got in here. Tiller, we got Tiller in here. Doug's in here. Smoker's in here. Am I in? You're here. I'm back. Sweet. We got you. Okay. So you're working with Do Not Disturb. I didn't know I could get calls during something like this. All right. <laughs> well, hey, that's good to know. It's good, good information for the next one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I just let everybody know if they have any questions for you to just drop them in the comment section. We'll We'll jump back to those at the end of the uh, the conversation. No rock and roll, man. I um, like I said about with work and moto, it's a hard balance, dude. I um, you're not as happy as you want to be. That's the frustrating part about. It. And a really good friend of mine um, talked about this a long time ago. He's like, you're gonna get to a point where it's that or not, and like I'd love to go all in, but I'd have to have someone supporting me. It's just right. We're just thankful, dude. We're riding dirt bikes. We're not going to retire off this. We're not going to make a fucking living off this. Like, the guys at Top 10 barely do, for crying out loud. Right. Like, guys like us should be able to make a living riding dirt bikes. Like, the best 1,000 in football and NASCAR, you think that they're worrying about next week's paycheck? No. <laughs> no. You know? Yeah. That's we're, where they're... And we're just blessed. <laughs> That's where the growth in the sport goes, you know? The... the the more growth in the sport there is, the the bigger that pool of riders that can support themselves by doing it is going to get. So, you know, I we've hope all... in my lifetime and yours, we get to see that happen. Right. You know, like I wouldn't be upset if I wasn't even racing and it happened. I just would like to have that for what's coming. Right. You know, that was a that was a big part in why. Uh, so this podcast show podcast whatever it started out as a podcast and it was a friend of mine and uh named steve who we started it out um but that was one of the the main things we started this for is we wanted to introduce people to the sport and help do our part to kind of grow it and that's that's my goal i want to help do whatever i can to help people like you who are passionate in riding and the uh, give, you know, help as much as I possibly can to give them opportunities to get out there and do what they can for the sport. And that's, I wish it was Dude, bigger than awesome. it is. Just hear me out. It's awesome. Don't think I'm downgrading it at all. There is a lot of bad and whatever you want to call it, but there's so much more good. The highs of the sport outweigh the lows. hundred percent. That's the thing about it. Like blowing your leg off and yeah let's go race all the nationals that we can next year <laughs> you know what i mean like it's such a radical difference it's like we're a circus of misfits like motocross gave kids with adhd and problems a place to thrive like if we're being realistic here <laughs> yep you know this sports taught me so much more than like don't get me wrong i still think you should go to school and all the jazz but like it's taught me so much more than anything has ever taught me it taught me about contracts how to get in out of them sponsorship deals budgets like relationships with people that you couldn't even you know have without being the type of person that you are and backgrounds of families like there's so much motos giving me 
I like, I'm thankful for it, dude. Like I train a lot of kids. I'm like, teach them things, try to be better. Like I never thought I'd be in a position like that in my life. It's actually pretty remarkable. <laughs> so how are you, um, how are you doing with the training? Are you just working with local kids or are you moving around? Um, I haven't like really trained anybody on the road except for a little bit in like Florida and Alabama. And I was like off sessions, like with people that I met while training in these different areas, but I've never like really like cat and Zaro does a sick job of it. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't been able to do something like he's doing. I would love to like a part of me wonders, like maybe you could fund your racing and be happy with this and still be able to do it by doing something like that. That's made me always wonder that. And I got a really good friend of mine that owns a, like, I guess a train facility now up in Michigan, um, Lucas Lowe, and he trains a ton of kids, does very good at it. Like anytime I can't have anybody work with me, I send them to him. And it's just, it's been hard this year, dude. So like, you know how it is. Nobody wants to really go to work. Right. So my hours have skyrocketed at work and it's just a, it's a difficult balance. And like, I've been focusing, I wanted to try to do good at these nationals also. So like the little bit of time I had by myself, I spent, um, you know, racing, riding, training, testing, tuning, and just trying to get better and as prepared as I could be for these things. So it's been a little slower than I'd like it to be. Me and uh, Adolf from Detroit Motomob talked about doing a couple schools in the fall up at Ogama or Log Road or Twisted. Um, I am a full-time instructor at Baja Acres, so when I get the call and if we can make it happen, I, I do up there. That's how I've met people in the past, too. I do have a kid that I've trained regularly for, like, the last three years named Carter Hunt, and their family's phenomenal people. Like, I love it, dude. I get texts from them about how he's doing at the races when they go and all that. And, like, he doesn't just train with me either, though. Like, he goes to SSR. He goes to all these other people. Like, he trained with Carmichael at the school and all that, and, like, I highly recommend that they do that. Like, it's funny. Some of these trainers are like, oh, just me, blah, blah. It's this way or the highway. And I'm just like, dude, like I instruct everybody. Everybody's got something different to teach you. Right. Like everybody, like yeah. don't get me wrong. Like I watch some of the guys that get trained. Like I think some of their students do this thing weird, but like they're taught to do that because they're raised that way. And then like guys like me are like, we stand up a lot, dude, Michigan. That's where we're from. Like sand, we stand up a lot, but like, you watch Tomac and some of these dudes, like that's all they do. They're right. like developing a different style. And then like you watch the Lawrence brothers and your jaw drops. It's actually impressive to watch the generation style grow. Like they keep their feet on the pegs just about all the time, even in the super deep gnarly ruts. Like we are at high point and I remember reeling like the high point double, whatever you want to call it, the tunnel and RC did it back in the day. And, um, like, don't be wrong, you're doing it now, but not like they did then. It was way bigger. And, like, Jack goes to that corner and the rut's as deep as his knee, and he keeps his foot on the peg. And I'm just like, I don't even know how the hell he does it. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, yeah, that's that's crazy because, I mean, you mentioned AJ because um, uh, AJ brought Jet onto his show to do um, some of the training circuits on the YouTube channel. Um, and you're talking about uh, – doing more than one instructor nobody's a perfect rider nobody has yeah. nobody has everything 100 figured out and then and it's really spelled out when you go on aj's channel and he's got jet on over there and he's just you know aj's a talented rider let's not take that away from him like not not anything against aj but he's like putting jet through his paces 
with his training circuit that he's putting on with some of these kids. So there's like stuff that even Jet was having trouble with just in in this normal training circuit with AJ Catanzaro. You'd be amazed, man. So like back when I raced arena cross pretty heavily, um, Mill Creek built an arena cross track and like I spent a lot of time on it there. And I had a buddy that like he wasn't super fast. He's decent on a motorcycle, but he wasn't like fast as like a lot of us. And uh, we went on the track and we busted the stopout watches before Lip Pro and, you know, all that other stuff. And I was like, dude, I feel like I'm hauling. Like, but how much faster is the section and all that? And then, like, I was like, I was missed a, a tenth the weekend before at the Georgia Dome. Literally missed it by a tenth. M- missed the show by a fucking tenth. Oh. I was ready to, like, blow my helmet off the wall. I was so <laughs> pissed. And um, I was like, well, where can we get this tenth? <laughs> you know? So... <laughs> Between the triple triple rhythm sections, he's like, dude, you can't see it, but like, blip the throttle a little more and you land. And Jacob Williamson, um, a good buddy of mine, succeeded in arena cross very well, was talking to me about it. Like, they like, dude, land the thing wide open, just keep it pen. He goes, it sounds insane, but that's going to be your tenth. So like, we busted all this and did that, and I visually couldn't see it, so we'd record me riding too, and I would see it, and then it's like, holy shit, we got the tenth. <laughs> Wow. And that's some dude that didn't like race pro moto, wasn't super fast or nothing. Just me and him out, him saying, Hey dude, do this. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna try it. Tried it faster. Trial and error, dude. And a different perspective. Sometimes that's all it takes. Well, you got to let go of ego too. That's what a lot of riders struggle with. They can't let go of the ego. Like I'm good. I'm fast. I'm blah, blah. What the hell are you going to know? Like, hell sometimes a six-year-old man's gonna tell you something or even a kid dude again i remember racing at redbud being on a big bike and uh little kid that i grew up with racing 85 he's like dude try this outside nick he was fast on 80 super fast he was like go outside here before the rollers or whatever i'm like all right what do you know way faster like you just like ego you gotta have confidence but you can't have ego man like yeah you gotta be high about yourself but like you said perspective, dude. You can't be a douchebag. <laughs> Let's face it. <laughs> That's what hinders a lot of people. Like, I know a lot of douchebags that should be way better than they are, and they're, right. they're not. It's a life lesson for everybody. Just, you know, don't be a douchebag. That's really it. it. Yeah. <laughs> so print, print shirts. Don't be a douchebag. I like it. You'd be surprised, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I, oh, I trust me. I'm <laughs> well aware. I don't um, know if we'll sell a lot of t-shirts with it, but like Jake Paul or somebody made that, it's sell off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> um, how many people are you showing up to uh, nationals with? <laughs> Dude, um, I got friends at Race Pro, so I'm lucky if I have to go by myself. <laughs> but um, a lot of the time, the Austin um, Horn kid is the dad that sponsors me. He That kid goes with me a lot of the time, and I've been super blessed, like, my program's not like super awesome, but because of guys like him makes it a lot better. It's just easier, dude, having someone around a support system, someone that kind of knows what's happening. Like we need to go here. We need to do that. And like, we're all, we're just all learning, dude. It's all learning curve to me. I'm 28 years old. I'm learning a shitload, dude. Like I, I'm not an awesome qualifying guy. I can race though. I've always been a good racer. So like, 
there's just there's so much learning with it, dude. Having someone with you is the ultimate blessing. It just is. It just makes life easier, whether it be goggles, bike wash. You don't have a lot of time during sessions. I never really realized that until I started doing a lot of these. Like, you basically pull off the track, you get your bike ready, and then by the time you're still all copacetic, what do you know? You're out for the next session. Or if you even went out yourself and watched a session, at least somebody's back taking care of your stuff so you're ready to go out and do it again. Where it's if it's just you, you're doing all this, you didn't get to see nothing. Right. Yeah, at least take some of the mundane stuff off of your hands so that you can actually pay attention to what's going on around you. I mean, I've even had my girlfriend on the gate with me. Um, we went to Indianapolis um, a couple of years ago, and uh, it was just me and her, dude. Blizzard, snow. Here we are. <laughs> we're at Lucas Oil. Like, let's go throw down. And, like, that was the best futures round I think I had. The heat race wasn't awesome, but, like, for no reason, whole shot button wouldn't work. So I got, like, eighth or something and they take six of course so i had a decent gate pick for the lcq and i actually hole shotted the damn thing on this borrowed ass stock bike and i was like ecstatic no like mind blown couldn't believe i <laughs> hole shotted this and you know led a couple laps and then uh shock passed me like flew by me <laughs> i didn't even know he was at the time but he like blew my doors off and then it was just like me, Schultz, and a couple other dudes, and like with a lap to go on, this dude cross jumped me and almost took his bolt out, and I missed. I was the first loser there. Oh, <laughs> but like, it was so, but like so close, dude, and like yeah, you know, girlfriend's a stag jumping up and down, pumped as hell. I'm still pissed, but I'm still happy that you know we made some progress, dude. That's like right. the biggest thing with this stuff. When you feel like you're not making progress, like then it's like frustrating. Then you got a long ride home to think about dude, what can I do better? What the hell's going on? Right. When I left Southwick, I was pissed. I knew that my lap two and my lap three were going to be the biggest deal. Second lap, I totally butched it. Never been to the place, trying to learn and go fast though. And then third lap, I wad on the straightaway. I'm like, well, we're never going to have fast lap time again from here on out. So this is going to be frustrating. Yeah. (laughs) That's a tough track, dude. Like no doubt. I love sand, but yeah, no, it was tough as hell. Like it's it's not normal sand though. No, it's, it's like, weird. I was slippery underneath, which caught me off guard. Uh, hence of why I fell in the straightaway. I slid on it. Couldn't yeah. believe that that even was possible. <laughs> That's what I was. I was trying to explain it to Doug, and I was like, if you stood up on top of the hill and just poured a beer out, you risk changing the entire the entire track, the entire layout of the track. <laughs> Like the sprinkler head that was blown at the top of the hill during qualifying, ruined the half of the track. It. it was crazy, dude. They had to bring so the tractors crazy. out again and everything. That was, was insane. So I'm like, how is the track getting better? But this half of the track is just <laughs> ass. Like it makes no sense, dude. Insane, insane. Funny that story was crazy. About that hill, dude. Funny story, like. First lap of qualifying, you know, like everybody tries to go like a bat out of hell for no reason before the green flags even out. Yeah. Going up the hill, dude, this guy stuffed the berm and his bike flipped up. I'm like, this is going to be sweet because I had someone beside me and I couldn't bail. And I just shoulder checked this damn swing and whipped the bike the other way. I'm like, I hope that's not broke. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, like I didn't crash. So it was a blessing, but like, damn, dude. Was this in was this in practice or qualifying? Oh, qualifying practice. Qualifying like, practice. Just, I think it was around what time was that? Because that I'll, we I'll be honest. Four fifty B. Four fifty B. I think yeah. I remember seeing that bike fly in the air. Yeah, I hit it. 
I think we were right on that turn when that yeah. happened. Smoked it. Not cool. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, we had we had a crazy day that day. Unfortunately, my dad didn't get to see any racing because the battery on the car that we took up there died like as soon as we got there. So he was like he was like sitting around waiting for AAA to bring him a new battery like all day long. Um, Got a similar story like that from Red, but um, my old man, that was the only national he would have made it to, you know, hometown. And him and his buddy Todd T were in his van coming up and his damn transmission blew. Like, oh, I was bummed, man. That was another thing about Red, but man, like family support system's great. But like my old man loves going to races. He hasn't been to any nationals this year, which has been kind of sad. But like, it's just a blessing that I even get to do them. I would love to have him there. Like. It just what it is, man. I was kind of bummed to hear that. I was like, well, shit, dude, I'd love to have you at Red, bud. <laughs> right. It's just sometimes it's not in the stars. It's what it is, man. Yeah. So um, are you going to be at Dilla? Nope. No? <laughs> I'd be on my way there right now if I was. I, I wish I was, man. So, like, I had X amount of dollars to do what I did. I signed up for anything that I could at the time. It was High Point, Red, bud, Millville. And then Iron Man, and I had um, a money moto up in the Upper Peninsula at Christmas um, the other week. And that was, like, my budget. Gas is ridiculous right now, and it was just what it was. I would love to be a Dilla. There's talk of wanting to go to ba- – uh, not Battle Creek, uh, Bud's Creek, if it is possible. It's just we'd be hauling ass from there back to Battle Creek to race their money moto in our hometown, like, sunday to make some money back you know but um i don't know man i just doing what we can i yep. um i'm going to get as prepared as i can for iron man we're gonna have a little downtime before that even because i got a bunch of parts coming you know how hard it's been to get parts or covid so like i got a whole that bike needs a top end like we're way over what i'm comfortable at doing on it <laughs> gotcha so like cam chain piston crank gonna do it all in one hit It'll finish out the year good, and it'll I'll put another cam chain and maybe a piston in it before I go to sell it, and it'll be good for whoever wants a used vet ride in Kawasaki 450. <laughs> Not by a pro, no pro. Gotcha. <laughs> Trail well, red. Let me let me know when you're ready to sell that. Maybe we'll throw it up on the website for you. Rock and roll, dude. Help you get good. it out there. Um, so, dude. Oh, all right. I, I usually so I Dilla is is one that I've I is it's like deep in my heart. Uh, we used to go to Dilla like every year. For, oh man, is this for, sick, dude? It's <laughs> so sick. I love Dilla. Break it's, my heart. I wish I was there. Have you ever been there before, dude? No, I've never no? been. I'm. It's straight up a bummer. Never done a qualifier or nothing. And like my dad was, dude, you need to sign up for Dilla. I'm like, Dad, we're like maxed on budget, bro. Like. I'm just happy to make it to work the rest of the week because right. all the parts and bills I just paid, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, Dill is, Dill is a good spot. It's, um, it's out in the middle of nowhere. We always camped when we went out there. Um, it's just a, it's a great spot. And you know, it's, it's changed a little bit. The, the track has changed a little bit. Um, and uh, I mean, when I used to go, the races used to be on Sundays. So, it's you know it's a big difference oh, wow. yeah, yeah that's was... like when they actually race to qualify that i think i'd have been good in that era <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that was that was back um geez when was it? so 
uh, so Bubba would have been on 125s at that point, and Carmichael would have been on 250s at that point. So magical seasons, literally. Yeah, yeah the magical seasons. And we got to see at Unadilla, we got to see both of them on 250s one time before uh before i eventually enlisted in the, the marine corps and then you know disappeared for a while but, yeah no kidding man how long were you out um in the marine corps yeah oh just four years i i you know that was plenty enough for me i got a buddy that's in the army a really really good friend of mine and he um reinstated and all that and he's uh staying in Nashville, tennessee and He's liking it, man. I do miss him a lot, though. He was a very good dirt bike buddy, too. Yeah, some people some people love it, dude. It's just, you know, it's not for everybody. I can say that for, for certain. Yeah, no, I bet, man. And, like, did you did you grow up racing? I mean, obviously, I feel like you did. So, um, I never raced. Uh, I've, I've grown up around dirt bikes pretty much my whole life. My dad raced basically my whole life. Um, so that's that's how I was introduced into the sport is through my dad, and then he would bring me to races. But I never actually raced. I feel like I wish I had raced first of all. Um, but I got I got into other sports as I was growing up. Um, I always had an interest in motocross. I always paid attention to it. Um, I just never. I, I I guess I never had that passion, and my dad never pushed it on me. So. I mean, it is what it is, dude. It's just uh, it's funny me asking you questions, right? <laughs> oh, hey, it's a conversation. Like I said, this is a whole bullshit session. So whatever you want to talk about, I'm in for it. That's all good. I wanted to get to know you a little bit. I just asked you because, like, so, like, my buddy was a good dirt bike racer. Like, and I think that's why maybe he likes and he's tough as fuck at it. Like, I think th this stuff mentally, like, to be really good at it, too, You, I think it plays a background in everything. Yeah. That's why I asked. <laughs> No, it's a hundred percent like, and that's when you were talking earlier about like what motocross has taught you and yeah, you're talking about the stuff that like surrounds it, but just being on the bike as when you first were talking about it, the first thing that popped in my head was, okay, what are the things that I've learned from like riding dirt bikes? One of them is like physical restraint because you can't just friggin' well, Doug's in the chat right now, whiskey throttle. You can't just whiskey throttle a hundred percent of the time, you know, you've got to have some bit of restraint. Otherwise you're going to break I, yourself. I, I know guys with steel balls and no brains. I've seen it happen. They're not fast, but like oh. they just do this. <laughs> yeah. No, trust me. I, uh, um, the, the guy that we went to Southwick, his name is Dave as well. Um, he grew up, uh, he and my dad grew up together, just riding buddies. Um, and he's, he was a hold it on type of guy from what I understand. Uh, yeah. See, <laughs> let's chug a few beers and see how high we can go. Rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. So sick. Um, so what else, uh, what else you got going on? I mean, you got train, you've got training, obviously. Um, what do you do for your full time? Um, lawn and landscape, which is sounds like a basic thing when you talk to like a dirt bike racer. So, um, hear me out. I, um, worked construction as a laborer for like five years, man. It was a guy that sponsored me too. And like, we're still really good terms, even though I don't work for him anymore. And he was one of my first major sponsorships as, um, 
like young racer and long story short he's like dude i can offer you a job when i was like 20 or 21 and i'm like yeah i'll take it why not like i've done the kind of work already went like my whole life so i was like why don't we go and get paid decent to do it and all that and i did it for a long time in 16 i had an injury happen with my neck and like it's the christopher reeves nerve or whatever you want to call it like oh I, gotcha had no idea i thought through my back out and it had all to do with that so like I made a decision in like beginning of 18 when I came back from Florida. Cause a lot of the winters I didn't work. Cause I'd be one of the first dudes to get laid off. Cause I was, you know, newish and there was a lot of veterans. So like, I'm like, dude, I don't care. I'll go race dirt bikes. Right. So long story short, um, I just looked at myself one day and I was like, do you want to keep doing this? I had a really good friend of mine, uh, Michael Hammond. I like worked in plowed snow with him a little bit in the winter before I went to Florida. I'm like, Let's go. I like I call him like, dude, you need an employee? He goes, you'd be doing me a huge favor. I'm like, I'm coming to work for you. So he's like, I can't pay you what you deserve. I'm like, I don't care. I want, like, we're at the end of the day. Like, when you do something and you got to do it that much, you better semi-like it. And, like, happiness is a big factor. I don't want anybody doing what they don't want to do. I was tired of my environment and, like, a lot of drug usage and construction, dude. I just didn't like it. My body couldn't take it. It was like, I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm working this damn hard and then trying to race professional motocross. I'll kill myself. There's just right. no way. And I was like a, a mixer doing fireproofing, all stupid shit. Oh. Do we do like 150, 200 bags a day half the time? And then I would go ride, ride a dirt bike or try to run or, you know, like it was, just, it wasn't happening. Right. So I went with him, my buddy, Michael, and we built this lawn landscape business together over like a year and something. And it got to a point, he's just like, I want to do something different. I'm like, that's fine. And he sold to another guy who is a really good friend of mine now, um, West Property Services. They sponsor me too. And, like, I've been with that guy since that happened. And, like, it's been very good, dude. We got a great team. We got a bunch of employees that came back to work after the COVID. It's not like people disappear and you didn't have no help. Like, trust me, we could use more employees. Everybody can. But, like. It's been, it's been good, dude. So like the relationship of all this is good and I'm surrounding myself with good people. And that's like the biggest deal of all this. Right. Yeah. You know? I, that's, that's cool that you're making relation. Like it almost sounds like you're making motocross relationships through your professional, through your uh, professional relationships too, which is pretty cool. Yeah, man. Like I met Doug at Red Bull, First time I've seen him my whole life. Like we've been calling, texting for a long time. And then like, I got to put him face to face and it was cool, dude. I had, to, I got to do that with the guy from recluse out in California. I, um, T-boned somebody at the Anaheim futures, <laughs> blew the clutch cover shit, dude. Don't buy the moto. And I was like, dude, I need to buy one at my discount. I'm like, he's like, I'm Austin or whatever. And then the other dude is uh Mike. And I was like, no way, dude. Like I talked to you all the time. He goes, dude, I, I know where you are. He's like, <laughs> They, they gave me a clutch cover. I was like, dude, oh. expensive as fuck. Like, I'll give you my money. Like, he's like, no, no, fuck that. Like, this is for you, dude. And I was like, ecstatic. I was like, that's so cool. Like, oh. just, like see that? There's, so, there's so much. Our community's not even that big, dude. Right. Like, it's tiny. It's huge. It's yeah. tiny. <laughs> like, it's, it's that's, cool. Yeah. It is. That's, that is the fact that somebody gave you. Uh, a clutch cover you know that's something you rest your laurels on you are not a you're not a douchebag if somebody gave you a clutch cover for free maybe <laughs> <laughs> i mean 
I'd be hard pressed to to say, you know, that that's that's what the shirt right there. Don't be a douchebag. That's how the, that's how those things happen, you know. So you ready for this one? Me and that uh, team RC car guys, we have a saying, and I actually put it on a pit board at Redbud. This is why it was funny as fuck. But it says, "You don't suck. You're just not that good." <laughs> oh, I saw that on your. <laughs> I saw that. I think it was on your Facebook. I saw that earlier. Oh, dude, it's fantastic. I want to get, like, little pit board stickers made and stuff. Like, remember Osborne had the Never Say Die pit board stickers on all the Husker Marner rigs? Yeah. I want, like, me and all my boys to have the little pit board stickers that say, you don't suck, you're just not that good. <laughs> That's amazing. I think it'd be hilarious. That would be hilarious. That absolutely would be hilarious. Take some pictures. If you get that pulled off, take some pictures of it. Oh, dude, all day. Um, I'm pretty sure that like so. Legui is my graphic guy. He's a very good friend of mine, and I and we'll we'll make it happen. Maybe Sick. that'll be my Eddie Morris signature thing. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. At least that I'm honest good. with myself too. I'm not like I'm a top ten, top twenty pro, blah blah blah. Like, no, dude. Like, I'm a good racer, but like, you know, I guess I don't suck. I'm just not that good. <laughs> <laughs> Doug said he'd buy a hundred. Love it. <laughs> On it. Dude, so um I do have some merch. Um the Detroit Moto Mob guy, when I got hurt, he um bought a bunch of t-shirts, got me made on it with his bike and everything. And we were using that to actually like fund a lot of my medical bills and stuff. Doug bought a bunch of them. Him, the family, the kids got some. Like it's pretty righteous. <laughs> Sick. Yeah, uh, so Tiller just brought something up in the chat. If you want to collab with Power to the Ground on something like that, and we'll send you all the proceeds to fund your help fund your uh, your program we can hook that up for sure dude i'd love it i'd be ecstatic about all of it to be honest like it's this is kind of like what people don't understand i know you understand of all people but like you support others support you and that's how sponsorship works that's how business works like a lot of these riders think oh dude i'm i'll share you on my social media and i'm a badass and i yeah give me all this money and do all this stuff i'm going to do nothing for you that's what they think. <laughs> it's crazy. And I'm like, no, no, no. That's not how it works. <laughs> right. It's like, reciprocal. A lot of my sponsorships were from work, dude. Like, I worked my ass off for a lot of people, made them a lot of money. And then they were like, I want to help you. You helped me. You helped provide for me. I want to help do that for you. And right. you know what? It's been fucking fantastic with every relationship I've ever had like that. I learned that at a very young age, dude. Uh, my buddy, Michael, that used to own Defy Clothing, taught me that when he used to, like, literally rent a place in the mall and now he's like he's got a company called rebel now he's probably one of the biggest uh medical marijuana distributors in the state and like very little guy didn't make a lot of money and he's probably making a lot now and like i learned at a young age and i'll never forget something like that i didn't understand it so much back in the day but i've taken that my whole life and it's went a long way <laughs> yeah there's there's a lesson to you kids out there first provide value and then value will be provided to you well, that, and you don't even have to, like, you know what I mean? You don't need to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, everyone's always looking for a handout in a sense, but, like, um, entitlement. There it is. Entitlement. Everyone thinks you're entitled to something, dude. I'm right. not entitled to shit. No one has to help me. No one has to give me fucking anything. Just because I did something for you doesn't mean you need to give me something. If I'm right. really doing something for you and thinking of getting something in return, that's asinine. Right. It's a, well, that's an expectation. And expectations, yeah. expectations are meant to be broken. So it's best not to have them at all. Right. Amen, dude. And like, I learned that at a young age too. I, um, I've had a lot of promise and way under deliver 
from a lot of people. Like, I'm going to give you the world and just kidding. You know, <laughs> we still get that. I, I've had that happen uh, in the last couple of years with rides and people and shops and, you know, and all of that. And if I've learned anything from all of it, dude, that shit's got to be in writing or it doesn't even matter. Right. It's like There's it doesn't even exist. Contracts and like they got scared because, you know, they couldn't do what they said they were going to do. Right. It's yep. just what it is. It is what it is, man. There's, it's no, there's no use in getting angry about it. It just is what it is. All right, let's jump into the chat here. See if, if you guys have any questions, um, drop them in the chat. We'll pull it up here. Um, I lost and Dougie. Oh, we just lost your, we lost your video again. He disappeared. All right, so we're waiting for Eddie to come back. If you guys got any questions, drop them in the chat right now. I'm going to scroll backwards and see if we've got anything over here. Um, in the meantime, go ahead and drop them in the comment section. They'll pop up on the screen so you guys can check and see what's going on over there. What up, man? I'm back again. <laughs> <laughs> this It's... You know, I would love to have um, interviews. I'd love to have people come into a studio and eventually, you know, hopefully we'll get there. But, you know, this is what it is right now. Dude, you're growing. Everything's getting better. It sounds like one step at a time, dude. You like, yeah. you start somewhere and you go somewhere. Like you said, you have a media dude now. That's a first in its own sense. Yep. That's a blessing. It's not, oh, that must be nice kind of talk. It's like, no, you earned that. You got to where you did because of it. And like, Ooh, you keep right. getting better. Bottom line. Well, the uh, un unfortunately, that's not just for power to the ground. So I, I have a, um, I own a marketing agency as well. So you know, I do a lot of hiring through there, and I do. I'll, I'll be honest, I do subsidize a lot of the stuff going on over here at Power to the Ground with, with that company. Um, so you know, we're working on growing it. Um, I've gotten Doug pretty, um, well, I'd like. No, I'm not even going to say that out loud. Doug's been an absolute blessing since, uh, since especially since last year when we kind of put this down for a little while because of COVID. And Doug convinced me. He was like, dude, do get back into it. You um, should have down during COVID, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I should have doubled. I should have doubled, triple, quadrupled down during COVID. And I, you know. It's so funny. People like, don't get me wrong, like whatever, like, COVID is, you know, what it is and like things have happened and it's been bad for a lot of people. And like, I'm sorry. And I hope that your life's get better from what it affected you from. But like overall, like dude, like positive wise, 2020 was a fucking sweet year for me. It was great. I'm not going to lie. Like I rode more, I raced more, I had more relationships with people in general. And like, I traveled a shitload. Like this, the shit hit when I was in Florida, like, it was crazy. I also made more money than I ever did. I was uh, buying and flipping shit on eBay for a killing. Like that helped fund a lot of my stuff because I couldn't go to work and that paid my bills. And like, hell, it got me home even. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy about 2020. I feel like it's it was uh, it was like a black and white year. People either had their like their worst year of their life or they had like the best year of their life. I think it's down to perspective in a sense, too, though, like we talk about like if someone's looking for negative, they're always going to find it. You can look right. right on your phone right now. You can do anything, but like 
a lot of us look like guys like me and you sound like we look at a positive in something. Like I try to find a positive in everything. And I think that's probably what the game changer is. Even when shit is terrible for me, I've had a lot of bad shit happen. And like, I try to be as good as I can through. And I think maybe that's why I'm, you know, where I am. <laughs> yeah. Mindset, dude. Can't write, you can't write off mindset. It's like <laughs> one of the most important things. And I'm still working. I'm not awesome at it, dude. Don't get me wrong. Like, there's highs and lows. Like you balance both of them. It's just trying to have a better attitude towards. It. I think I've learned that over the last couple of years. I've been way better at it. Still yeah. awesome at it, but way better at it. Progress, dude. <laughs> One of my favorite sayings is, uh, "It's simply be better than you were yesterday." Dude, all day. Like I'm kind of weird too. Like I don't know if I my ADHD is just that gnarly, and I always got to be doing something. But I feel like I have to do one good thing or learn at least something a day. In order to even feel like I fulfilled a day, even That's if it's something, be. you know. That's the way to be for sure. All right, I'm scrolling through the. Can you see the chat, by the way? Yeah, this is the first time I've been able to see it, to be honest. All right, cool. So I just um, pulled it up. I'm going through to see if there were any that came through before I pulled it up. <laughs> and then. Uh, Oh, Doug's calling me old, aging oh, myself. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm sure I was talking. This was probably when I was talking about either Southwick or Dilla. Um, Could always be worse, man. I always told you, young as you feel, dude. When I was like 16, I was like, oh my god, 25 is old as fuck. 28, you know, blah blah blah. And like, <laughs> I got buddies that are like 33, dude, and still can make a national, or still do make a national. Like it. This is all how you feel, dude. I feel no different now. I'm a little sore than I used to be. But, like, overall, like, I feel the same as I did as a teenager now. Like, you know, I get up yep. out of bed. I work equally as hard. Everything's – nothing's really super changed. <laughs> I'm not sure guys ever really grow up. I mean, we get no, more sore. No way in hell. <laughs> <laughs> You've been to any, like, event that was a sports event? No, nobody grows up. Sorry. No, no, absolutely not. So we got Tiller. Tiller had one question for you, and I'll pop it up here on the screen. Um, yeah. If he could share only one lesson to young kids, people in the sport, what would it be? One, le it's kind of hard to throw one lesson on it. If we're, you know, because everybody's different. As far as the kids go, man, I straight up like the young kids of the sport. Work as hard as you can. Don't ever feel like you ever left anything on the table and that's going to go farther than anything and be passionate about it, dude. You either got to like it and you want to know what you got to like the lows as much as you like the highs. And if you're not willing to lose, you're not going to win. You got to, you know what I mean? In order to win, you have to lose. Right. That's so, you got to put in the sweat and the tears and the laps and the time. If you're not willing to do any of that, you're just going to be a good dirt bike racer. Right. Dude, a really good dirt bike racer. You're dropping dropping knowledge bombs all over the place. Like that was another sick T-shirt right there. If you want to win, be willing to lose. Boom. Yeah. Well, I'm, don't make me sound smarter than I am either, man. <laughs> hey, I'm just calling it as I see him. Doug said nailed it on that one. Rock and roll. Love it, Dougie. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. So if you've got any other questions... Uh, drop them in there. Anything else you want to talk about? Any any projects you want to throw out there? Uh, throw me on the spot. I don't know so much about it. Just, dude, I just grind every day. 
I get up, I go to work, I work hard, I train when I can, I ride when I can, I try to keep a lot of people in my life as much as I can, you know, like at least the people dear and close to me that I love, and it's hard, dude, you know, and you grow up and you work as hard as you do doing all this stuff, it's hard to fit everything in the schedule and want to afford to do the things you want to do also is hard, like, not only do I do all that, I detail cars too sometimes on the side, and I even had been able to do that as much as I want to do. I love it. My boy TJ's in the chat. 906 meet. Sick. What up, TJ? <laughs> He's a guy that uh, was a poor soul that let me borrow his uh, 250 to go race the Futures the other year. <laughs> <laughs> we came full circle. <laughs> Dude, super, super good guy. It's just, I think he regretted it. I don't know if he'll even let me ride his bike anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, TJ? Would you let him borrow your bike again? Oh, my God. I actually joked about it when we were at the Money Moto up at the um, Christmas because he lives close there. I'm like, dude, if my bike doesn't make it out of Friday practice, I'm taking yours out there. <laughs> dude, it gets better. So, like, we were struggling with some things with it. And uh, my dad texted me. My dad doesn't, like, really text. But it said, ask TJ if you can ride his bike. I'm like, Dad, stop. Like, <laughs> it was so funny because we've talked about wanting to go back and ride Yamahas again. <laughs> I've been on the Kawasaki all year and I like it a lot, but like we've been struggling with getting the team green, green program to work. So like with COVID their budget got all weird and you're promised X amount of dollars. I've been back and forth all year with trying to get the money that for that program. And I was going to use it to put money back down the bike so I could sell it and not like totally get busted. Like I've made all my bike payments for the whole year. I didn't want to deal with it. Like traveling, it's all paid for don't have to worry about it. And then I was going to use the team green money to put back into it. So I could like break even, or maybe put a couple hundred dollars towards a new bike for the following year. But that might be the deciding factor on whether I ride that bike again next year, you know, because like you you don't want to make that work for someone that really wants to make it work. And especially with the pro racing background, again, I'm not entitled to nothing, but like that support was going to make probably the difference for it. if that's the case, then we're going to go where we're going to get help. I mean, hell, dude, I'll ride a Huffy if they make a dirt bike. <laughs> you know? You're going to find yourself on a Triumph? I'll be honest. I don't even know what that looks like. I keep seeing weird photos of the Triumph. Yeah, I know. But I did see the Woods model had an Olin's kit. Like, that might be kind of cool. But that I don't know. Olin's cool. ain't even that awesome either, though, I think. You know? Like, it's, it's nice, way nicer in stock stuff. But, like they're going to charge up the butt to like sell that on the bike. You know, it's kind of like right. the cash coatings on the Honda. Like it's an A kit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, <laughs> you're going to tell me that the factory edition KTM is the game changer too with the Red Bull graphics. Like stop. <laughs> so Alan says gas gas where it's at. Yeah. He wants to run one bad. And to be honest, if I was going to a KTM brand, I would ride a gas gas. I've rode his. So funny story. When I was recovering from my hip, I probably shouldn't even have been on a dirt bike at all. And I rode his bike down at Croom in Florida, like trail riding with kids. And, you know, long story short, I rode his gas gas too because, like, like, I want to try one. Like, see what the difference is between the Husqvarna and KTM and that because I do a lot of riding. I ride all different bikes just so – because you never know you're going to be on. And right. you got to be able to about anything too. So tried his bike out, dude, and I was like, take it back. It's – it's fucking nice. You know, it sucks riding like something that you were like fast on. And I'm going to look fast and feel fast in anything. 
But when you hop on something that's better than what you had, you're like frustrated because you're like, well, fuck, now I want it. <laughs> you know? So, so what yeah, you... the gas gas, just finding help on one is what it's it all... is. Yeah. What do you like about the gas gas? It's red. It's red? <laughs> all right. I'm just kidding. Um, so I rode the KTM. I rode the Husqvarna. Um, I'm just a big fan of the hydraulic clutch, Brimble brakes. They're skinny. And, like, they're fast. They don't hit, like, crazy. But, like, it's a controllable power all the way through. So, like, the Kawasaki's really fast and abruptive. And I'm pretty comfortable on it. Um, there's some things I'd like to be better at on it with just um, handling-wise. But, again, that takes time and tuning. And I don't get all the time that I'd like to. But, long story short, back to the gas gas, of course. There's just a lot of good with it. And if I was going to go buy a KTM... The money that you would spend extra to like buy a KTM, you would, it's just cheaper to have the gas gas and put what you want to on the bike anyways. Like I'm not going to run an air fork. That's dumb. Like it's always been dumb. I've never been a fan of the air fork. The only air fork that I've ever semi liked was the A kit one that like Enzo and like the star Yamaha guys use. That was the only one I was ever a fan of. Other than that, like air fork, dude, I'd rather put them right in the trash and run <laughs> from seven years ago on a new modern bike. I did that with the Hondas back in uh, 14 and 15. I took a set of 07 250 forks and put it on it and screw them one chamber air forks. Junk. Wow. Couldn't get them to work. Tried everything. My suspension guys was phenomenal. With me. We tried all kinds of stuff. We put the Kawasaki seals in it because they held better air. Uh, KYB came out with a special oil that was like a grease to go in it. We tried that. We just we tried everything, dude. I just couldn't. I struggled being a fan of it. I just always did yeah that's so, that's another love it or hate it type thing people either are are completely bought and sold on them or could would just throw them away like like you're saying you know just drop them in the trash <laughs> my buddy's like need to ride my 450 again i haven't wrote it with this kyb inserts on it and i'm like i don't want to because i'm gonna like it too much <laughs> <laughs> i'm a big fan of kyb stuff too like if you notice dudes like cole sealy are still shredding on the gas gas, even though it's a KTM. I literally think he just put his red plastic on it because he was a teal <laughs> or whatever for years. Yeah. And his stuff's KYB. Like a lot of dudes run KYB. Tomac runs KYB. And I think it's a big comfortable thing. Probably a big reason he wants to go to Yamaha. His suspension guys there, they are on KYB. The program's obviously way better. Like, So if I'm to get a, a KTM brand bike, I'd probably like to go that route. I've even wanted to use um, MX Tech's got some really nice stuff too. My suspension guy is like really good friends with him. And it's just, you know, dollar amount, you know, $1,200 cartridge kit. Like, wh what do you want to spend? It gets better the more money you spend, right? Right. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. If you've got 100 grand to drop on a bike, you're going to have a pretty kick ass bike. <laughs> I wouldn't even know what to do if I had a bike that night. But, well, funny story the nicest bike, I think, like 250 wise, especially I ever had. I had a nice 450 back when I was 18. Ron Hamp built it. We had a lot of nice stuff on it. That bike was sick. The 250, nice one I ever had was uh, Scott Champion's one when he rode for strict uh, Yamaha or whatever. I met Billy Urban randomly, like got forwarded this stuff on Instagram, seen the bikes. And for what they were asking for, I was kind of thrown off. And I like, messaged, I didn't know I was talking to him. I think he managed the team even at the time. And I was like, why is it so cheap? Like, He's like, dude, we're just trying to get crate price for what we got them for. The owner just wants to sell them and like give them to guys like you that would benefit. I'm like, it comes with the A kit. 
comes with the pro circuit engine. Like comes with all that. Right. He's like, yeah. I'm like, dude, just please hold one of the bikes. Like it had a cut subframe. Scott champ was my same size, weight, everything. And it was a super cross bike. And it didn't even have, I think I had eight hours on it. He got hurt. Um, before the end of the season. So like this bike didn't have a lot of time. I'm like, don't sell it. Just let me try anything in my power to make this happen. And me and my dad and girlfriend jumped in the van, went over to, um, I think it was Minnesota or whatever. Yeah. Minnesota and met the owner of the team. I didn't know we were meeting the damn owner of the team. So <laughs> that opened up some doors too. Um, dude, Scott was awesome. The guy that owned the team, like super great guy. Like I think at first he just like thought we were doing a bike deal and bouncing. And then like we started BSing and like, talking no different than me and you and i probably couldn't shut up and my dad got talking too which is rare and like we were there for an hours like just talking and he actually cut the deal on the bike even lower than what i did for it and then he wanted to help me out race i actually got a call on new year's at the end of that year i'll never forget it he called me on new year's and he's like dude we're, do you have a supercross license and i'm like no man the you know, road to BS is kind of screwing me. And I am, he couldn't afford I'm, my bad. He probably could have afforded to help me do that. But like the way stuff was done then through the team, he couldn't help me do arena cross, but he said that I could have went and been a fill-in rider for the West coast. Cause I think the rider at the time broke his leg and it was just, it sucked. I tried my ass off to get it, but I only got to do X amount of rounds, dude. And the one I made never mattered because I didn't know this. And this was news to me when it happened. The East Coast points didn't go over to the West Coast. <sighs> so, like, I'm like, dude, this is impossible. Like, I'd have to spend whatever, like, you know, I could have just not sucked and made it right in, too. But, <laughs> That's the anyway, sticker again. that was like the best bike I had, dude. It was sick. It was probably like a, I want to say a twenty to $30,000 bike. And it was dope, dude. It was dope as fuck. Like, people don't know how privileged they are riding practice bikes like that. Right. Like, there were a satellite team at the time and their shit was awesome. Like I think Scott got a 10th at one of the rounds or an eighth on that bike. So it was capable of a top 10, but like it wasn't a star bike. You know, obviously everyone's always looking for the star bike, but like that thing was fucking sick, dude. That was awesome. I wish I could have had a bike like that now. Like I I'd race 250 class. I had a bike like that. So, uh, I mean, talking about bikes like this, this is something I've always been curious about. Where do you think you would sit if you had a factory ride? That's a tough cookie to crumble, dude, because, like, you watch dudes like Alex Ray do it, and they had actually better success. I think there's a lot that comes with it. Obviously, there's a certain pressure because you've seen dudes let go. But, like, maybe being a fill rider, like a fill-in rider in those positions is a lot better because you don't really have any stress. And, like, Villain riders aren't really getting paid unless they do good. And right. I, I think just overall, like an environment like that, even a satellite team, because like you hear me talk about having to drive to races and do all this stuff yourself. It, it creates its own problem, dude. Like you're the mechanic, you're the driver, you're the, this, you're the guy that gets the sponsors. You're the guy that balances your nutrition. You're the guy that does all this. Like with a program like that, it would simplify life. Like, I don't know how well I do. I couldn't tell you the truth, man. I've rode with really fast dudes and even like the guys that are pro now that are like top 10 dudes and I've beat them a couple of years ago, but they weren't on the bike that they are now. They didn't have the program back then or like now, you know, like there's a lot that goes with it. I, it would be a learning curve, man. Like some people will get there a lot faster with the privileges that they do than I would. I think it'd be a really, really big learning curve. 
Um, would I do better? Fuck yes, I would. <laughs> I wouldn't have to work a job. I wouldn't right. have to. Yeah, there'd be a lot less. There would be no pressure, dude. Like, go do your thing. Like, fuck yeah, I get to go do my thing that I always wanted to do. That just that itself, and not having to worry about if you get fucked up and something happens. That just like watch some of these riders get re-signed. Like, yeah, you get a three-year contract. They go out and win the next fucking race. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's it, it's hilarious. And I know you've seen it over the years. Yep. Like, significantly better. All you do is relieve the pressure. He doesn't have to worry about having a job now. You right. Know? Like, yeah, oh, sick. I, I'm guaranteed this good bike. I'm ready. Let's roll. <laughs> Why? First place. All good. Yeah. It's, I, you, going into contract years, I've definitely seen that 100%. When the riders go into the contract year and they're like expected to, you know, oh, they're going to show up because they're riding for a contract now. And then they just absolutely bust. It's happened like a, a hundred times. It's so, all different. Man. Some of these yeah. guys promised to, you know, like there's amateurs that come up, dude, race their same team for years, one year in the pros and they shit cam. Get out of here. You spent all this time into them and did that to them. That's a big F you. Yeah. That's messed up. Like, I'm sorry. Like, there's a lot of good dudes. There's a lot of good dudes. Yeah. Different? Never know. <laughs> so, one of uh, here's another just off-the-wall question for you that we've talked about before. What do you think it would be like if they changed the, uh, um, the, the uh, production rules in motocross? So, like everybody had to be basically riding a bike on the same, on the level with each other. You know, what's funny, me and Kale, uh, 168 races and nationals joked about like the electric bikes coming in. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that might balance the things out. Like I was joking, like, do guys like me and you used to be racing at 40 if that happens? Cause it might be fair, but then you say that and there might be a more powerful battery for factory, whatever it's out at the time and all that. But like, it might make it more affordable too for guys like us. Cause we're just doing chain sprockets, basic things. We're not doing oil all the time filters. We're just buying sick rims and suspension and regular maintenance things. Right. You know? So I don't know. It's all intriguing, man. I, I don't really know how to feel about that subject, you know? Gotcha. Have you, have you ridden an electric bike? Oh yeah, dude. I was, um, Alta, um, was in with one of my old sponsors with us 27 and, uh, we did this big shoot. I was going to be a commercial, all this. And then they announced bankruptcy. Like, we oh, oh, dude, fucking bummer. Bike was sick. Loved it. Lap times are faster than my own 450. My 450 didn't even have 12 hours on it then. I told my dad, when I came, he said, so how'd you like it? I'm like, dad, this is going to sound disgusting. Cause I was not a big fan of the movement. Cause I love gas power engine, all that. But like, I was like, dude, it made me feel like my 450 was a vintage bike. <laughs> that crazy. That's fucking insane. And they're dude. like, oh, heavier. I'm like, it felt like a toy. It didn't even have good shit on it. It was a beat demo bike. <laughs> you know? Like, dude, we put an A-kit on this and some, like, sick wheels and, like, some time. Like, this thing's going to be dope. <laughs> right. Oh, man. That's – Alta is the – that's the thing that I'm like, oh, what could have been? What could have been? Like, I, I watched them. From, I think I I caught on to them in 2009, 2010, somewhere around that in Instagram. And I just like watched their Instagram to like continuously grow. And then all of a sudden there was like pro riders jumping on them. And then I just watched the whole collapse and I was like, oh God. It's a bummer, dude. I think what happened is someone invested, stole technology and bailed. Yep. It happens to a lot of brands. It's sad. Yeah. 
Because, like, they were good people, dude. Every one of them guys. They showed up in Sprinters from California, and they're like, yeah, dude, this is us. I'm like, this is awesome. This is literally what we do. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're great people, man. It was such a cool program. It's such a shame that it went the way it did. Oh, that's too bad. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll, I don't know, maybe they'll come back. They'll get another influx of, uh, it'd be cool too, dude. Cause like it was going to give me, I think an opportunity to maybe test like as a right. test drive. Like I'm pretty good when it comes to like trying a bunch of different things and Intel and all these, I think I am, I'm always willing to learn and try too. And then I think that would have been just a cool thing to adapt with and get better at. Like I right. see Nate. He had his, he had like a clutch lever. I don't know if it's because he always kept his index finger up, but I seen a wire run into it. It almost made me wonder if like he used it to like retard the engine with it, like something that we never got to see. And then the company fell under, you know, like, yeah, the shit like that. Like, it's just mind blowing what I think we missed out on. Well, there's a lot of, I, there's definitely a lot of talk of other manufacturers at hundred percent. It's going, it's, it's coming. So, you know, it's um what was it we just talked about it a couple of weeks ago the um there's an electric series coming overseas starting in uh january yeah all electric series too bad it's gonna be impossible to go over the water (laughs) yeah (laughs) true story (laughs) i had a dream of uh totally off subject but i wanted to go race the red bull uh, b trace and uh like felt like maybe I'll bring some suspension and a bike shop might sponsor me for the event or something up there. Like that was like a dream of mine to go do something like that. That shit's been thrown out the door since, by the way, guy that bought my uh, a kit off Scott champion bike lives in Africa. I still really? talk to him. Super cool dude. Vet rider. I talked to him. His buddy owns a thing down there. And we talked about me going over there and running a race over there in Africa. I'm like, dude, fuck. Yeah. That's like a bucket list thing. Let's go. Like I'm ready. And COVID's, you know, doing what it's doing to us. <laughs> just screwing i mean you know oh yeah it's weird weird it's a weird world we're living in right now for sure see what i'm sorry i'm I'm checking through my through my uh chats here doug saying some stuff not sure (laughs) oh man he's picking on uh the guys that uh had money with alta hey um I got a question for you really quick. My phone might die. So if you yeah. see me moving around, I'm grabbing a charger. And if you hear okay. barking, I have a golden retriever. <laughs> oh, sweet. Tell him I said oh. what's up. Oh, you'll hear him. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. Bark, bark. Sweet. <laughs> He's going to start getting really loud. That's all right. <laughs> dogs, dogs do that. All right. I might black out for a second. You're good. Yeah, Doug, I think you're right. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure uh Carly was the one that came in and bought up Alta. When they when they announced um bankruptcy, I'm pretty sure Harley came up and that's nearly certain what ended up becoming the live wire. All right, are we still on, guy? Yep. I got you. All right, might be a little darker, but it is what it is. <laughs> oh, it's good. It probably only go a couple more minutes, see if we get a co- any more uh questions in here. We'll read through. TJ said, I would absolutely love to see Eddie on a built bike with all things a factory team has. I know 100% he would ride the wheels off of it, and he no doubt would deserve it. He watched me blow um, the fork caps off my bike at the money moto when I was there, so he's right about riding the wheels off it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, no, bro. Uh, it would be it'd be awesome. I would like so like I rode my buddy's bike that I ain't gonna say his name because he probably wasn't even allowed to do this, but he had factory support from a team, and it was a KTM back in the day, and I got to ride a like. I didn't even really get to take out the track. He just let me ride around like the arena cross a little for a second. And like, I didn't even get a lap and I just rode it back and like, cause it's a bike that like is logged hours and I'm pretty sure they track the thing. And it was crazy. It's like the throttle response was so smooth and powerful. It's like you get whiskey on it, but like you couldn't, you know, it's just awkward. And it just so many, so much nice shit, dude. It's a joke. And like guy like me is on a bone stock bike, trying to ride with him and train with them. And like, I could almost go as fast. But he was, it was just so much easier, I think, for him because, like, he's doing the triple, triple single rhythm and he's scrubbing it. And I'm like, seat bounce, stretching, barely making it. And if I get wheel spin one lap, I don't get to do it. Gotcha. <laughs> See, I don't know. I'm, I, I guess I don't really, I don't like that, that idea because to me, that it, it takes the, a rider a little bit out of the equation. Yes and no, man. Cause, like, I don't care who you are, like getting on something like that. You got to know how to ride it too. Like, yeah. Well, we're all great racers. I feel like it does in a sense. It, I think it just makes it easier on you. Cause like you can go ride a 500 and get a hell of a whole shot and barely hold on to it for a lap. You know what I mean? You still got to <laughs> do the 30. <laughs> True. That's a good point. Good point. I'll take, but, I'll take that. <laughs> you know, I don't know, man, it would be sick, but like, you said it does make things easier which makes you use less energy which makes you go faster in the moto i won't deny that for a second it's like having really nice components in your bike man it takes a lot less energy out of you to go fast well just we'll we'll keep an eye on it we'll see what happens with the uh because i do now that you mention it i do think that they're um the electric stuff may actually play it may play a role in that and, you know, they may eventually come out with batteries, but I think it would probably be easier to to regulate those changes that you make to the bike with just a battery. Yeah, definitely. And you want to know the truth? If you got a friend that's really, really smart and knows how to work his way through technology and hack and code and all that, then you got something maybe the other guys don't. Right. You know, especially yep. in a privateer program like, a lot of them are just dudes that, no offense, don't have education like that. And they're just, like, out, like, knowing how to twist the throttle. And if you have some damn knowledge, it might work in your benefit. Right. <laughs> Interesting point. Interesting point. Nerds might run motocross. Nerds are going to run a lot of things. Honestly, like, I'm happy that, like, the gen change. Because, like, there's a lot of riders that go to school. Walker did it. Cartwright did it. Um, Justin Cooper did it and Cooper Webb. Like when we were racing amateurs, I went to school. Cooper Webb went to school. He graduated high school. He's in, you know, his class wearing a Red Bull hat. Like everyone's like, doesn't even think twice. They don't know that it's like, he's an athlete. You know, <laughs> that's why it's funny. That is funny. That, <laughs> yeah. Cause it's such a, it really is. I mean, where we watch the sport and you know, you're in the sport and you can kind of lose sight of like, just how small the sport is. <laughs> yup, can yeah. yeah, I I just like reading the comments. Some of them were hilarious. Yeah, they that it gets it can get rowdy in there sometimes. I see that like uh, the Deegan comment. Uh, D- Danger Boy always gets brought up in anything you do with technology. <laughs> yep. 
Oh man. And anything brought up with Loretta's. Oh yeah, no, I I know. It's almost funny, dude, cuz like the fan page is sick, and to be honest, they're going to bring that side of the sport that you talked about that nobody else did. Right. Like it's going to to be honest, if the kids said, "Screw dirt bikes. I want to make YouTube videos." That's it. That's all I want to do. They can do it. Yeah. My family's got pages. Everything's great. Deegan's been a genius with business and media his whole damn life. He knows where it is, where the attention is going to come from, and he's succeeded with it great. You know? But, like, as the comment stayed, like, dude, he's on a super sick bike. You know, right. I remember being uh, an amateur and having a stock bike or one with pipe and reeds in the mod class, and that's literally it. Or you rode the stock bike because you had to run the same bike in both classes. <laughs> and Cincerello's out there on a, like, $100,000 Superman just <laughs> fucking killing it, you know? <laughs> You know, and it's sad because, like, one of my friends joked about it. They're like, you can't buy fast. And I'm like, fuck, it sure looks like it when you go around the pits at Loretta's. <laughs> Doug says the Deegans are kings of Moto Media Mountain right now. I would oh, agree yeah, with that. They're I on do. the top. <laughs> Slay him. Yeah, 100%. And I, I, I didn't really notice that 100% until last year when I watched Loretta's. Dude. And. <laughs> That's all the 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 entire broadcast and the on Loretta's. It's all they were talking about was you was can't type Deegan. in motocross without the name Deegan showing up on anything. right. Yeah, like, I guess it just it never it never occurred to me until it, it was like in my face when I watched Loretta's last year dude, and it, again you, this year. You watch Loretta's, you can see who their favorites are. Yeah. Like it don't matter <laughs> what class it is, you're watching the fifty plus. I don't matter if Mike Brown's a mile ahead. I see a lot of Jeff Emick. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. no, no offense to him either, like rock and roll, but like you can tell who everybody's favorite is, bottom line. Like you watch yep. the 80 class, this other kid's winning, here's Deegan. Like yeah. whatever, man. It sells, people love it, people like it. They're in the chat box, bring it. Yeah. Hey, you gotta I you gotta embrace it because it's any anything you can get to help grow the sport and like it or not, that's that's what's growing the sport and they're... Look at Jet Lawrence, man. Yeah, like, dude. It don't matter. There are people cheering for him if he's in freaking fourteenth. Right. <laughs> like, it's awesome. Like, the demographic that he's bringing is crazy. Like, yeah. rock and roll, dude. Good for you, young kid. You made this kind of impact on people. I was in the stadium Anaheim when he um Endo broke his collarbone and almost beat Fernandez. I've never seen a supercross like that in my life. The whole stadium jumped. And the damn cement concrete shook from hit when he crashed. Like the screaming was insane. I had a buddy that raced the next day with me. He said I was asleep in my camper, and the booing from Fernandez and the screaming from Jet crashing woke him up. He thought it was a thunderstorm out in the parking lot. <laughs> oh my god! Like you can make that impact, dude. Good for you. I hope all you guys use it in the best way possible. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's got he's got a crew, like an awesome personality. So I'm wondering if he's got like a maybe he's got some PR help somewhere behind the scenes helping him with that. But I, it seems like he's dude. Just, maybe I think he's just a teenage kid that's having a great time. And you want to know what? I'm sure he gets some advice because like he's running clothing lines. He's very smart at business. If not, you're just seeing a very mature in a sense teenager because we've seen the teenagers that weren't mature and came out through our sport and how they're doing now versus how some dudes have been doing that kept their stuff together right and i ain't blowing names because that's just insane you know yeah i mean you don't you don't need to i mean 
Jet's a perfect example of what to do. Yeah. And then, and Be then, yourself and love every freaking moment of it. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I I've I'll never I'll never forget that it was the first the um one of the interviews he did with the hot pocket. <laughs> you remember that one? He's like, it's, uh, there is so pissed. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, it's protein. <laughs> dude, I'm hungry. He goes, you know, if there was a glass uh, hot pocket yesterday trending, right? And you're eating one in the live press conference. Like, <laughs> it's protein. Like, whatever, man. It's funny, dude. So, like, these guys have great diets. Like, yeah. a lot of us, and like, even us guys, like, we try to have a good diet, but it doesn't mean that, like, as long as your good outweighs your bad, I think you're fine. It's when right. the bad outweighs the good is when it becomes a problem. Like, yeah, it's funny. I love seeing Jet eat a donut. Like, Kenny, remember the year he, like, got up on the podium with the Coors and a piece of pizza? Like, <laughs> oh, look at me. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's great, dude. Like, there's got to be some fun in this. There's got to be some seriousness in this. This boring-ass, you know, same repetitive shit is stupid. That is not our sport. It's not. I'm sorry. We are a bunch of damn carnies that run around the country in our own vehicles, do a bunch of crazy shit. Like, let us have our personality. That's our fan demographic. That's who we are. Let us be us, you know? Bunch of damn carnies. I love it. Dude, for real. Like, why do you think Lawrence was so loved and is still loved and talked about to this day? Like, he was himself. And they right. let him be himself. Don't get me wrong. I didn't agree with some of the stuff. But what the hell ever, man? Cool. Like, I remember seeing his podium interview at Washougal, second moto. He's like, I don't even know how I got here, but I don't even think I deserve it. But, you know, I'm here. Like, I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> like hell yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> I love it. I do. Oh, dude, that's sick. Yeah, when I when I went to uh, Southwick, out in the uh, where all the um, vendors were, they had a tent set up, and there was a bike set up in the in the tent, and then on the other side of the tent, there was an empty case of uh, it was an empty donut case, <laughs> and it just had one fake donut inside of it. It was Break it was it. it was a a. a Simply there, to just set up to to be a shout out to to Jet and his donut. It's freaking beautiful, man. Um, when I was getting my pro am points, dude, my uh, like really good friend, uh, Seth and Lucas Lowe and the Viskers, like I was traveling with them. Um, I would think um, I was racing fourteen plus or twenty four, whatever you want to call it. Then just for an extra class, all I had was a four fifty, and he was out on the track. With this giant Rice Krispie treat, dude, like the big-ass $40 one, he was used as a pit board cheering me on. I'm, like, outwinning the damn, you know, fast-ass class and shit at this Pro-Am. Like, it's fucking hilarious. And then the other dude's, like, flashlight. We looked like we had the most fun, and it looks like we didn't care the most. That was the best part about it. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, I'm all That's for it, dude. Like, yeah, like, let's joke that we're piles of crap and we're not. You know, I think it's funny. <laughs> It is funny. That's what it's, it's personality. It makes it all that, that, and that you can see it. The ones, the, the riders who present the most personality are the ones who have the biggest fan bases. Dude, all day. like I'm all for seriousness, dude. Like canard, like Trey canard, super serious guy, amazing, great human. And then like, yeah, I love canard, but like, like I said, I love to see J-Law. I'd love right. to see more of that. I'd love to see riding views them. We get one once in a while, but you know, I love seeing that personality, dude. Tyler Evans, remember he was the bad boy. Do we have that anymore? No, I don't think we do. No. <laughs> you know? 
I mean, we've got we've got people who you know they have like I guess I don't I don't know like bruiser per, uh, like bruiser personas, kind of like Bam Bam or um. Yeah, but so I, like, I think that's the closest. Example? Like, What's let's that? be real here. Well, you had him as Venom at Washougal. That was fucking perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you took the bad guy that everybody loved and gave it to the bad guy that everybody loves. Right. <laughs> yeah, Doug says make Moto great again. <laughs> exactly. And it's yeah. funny because, like, that slogan's caused a lot of grief in our industry even, too, dude. That's part of the reason Guy going around, you know? like Yeah. It's crazy yeah I, why not let us be us dude i I don't, I don't know i think that's that's a great question and i think it, it comes down to the sponsors but dude, um tell, tell a end, rapper or a musician like hey you can't drink you can't be you you can't be rowdy you can't total your car like sorry that's why i love listening to machine gun kelly that's why I love, you know, like how stupid all this shit is. Like they are them. They're not afraid to be them. You think their managers like, you remember like listening to Eminem probably when you were a kid. Remember the skits of him talking to the manager? You imagine how Paw felt? Yeah. Yeah, like, I remember yeah, them very well. This, but it made you. <laughs> Fair point. But how do you stop that? You can't. No, dude, that's... <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> oh man. All right. So <laughs> I just realized what time it is. We had a let's wrap this up. So what's the uh what's the next race you're gonna be at? So there's a money moto that's happening in a night series nearby that we talked about doing. Then the following weekend is the Bud's Creek that I wish I was going to. <laughs> gotcha. But, uh, we're probably just going to go over to Battle Creek. They have a money moto with a good purse. And they'll put us some 30s in, make some money. You know, good good time, good practice, all that. And then I think after that's Iron Man, man. And then we come back in town and finish up with some more money motos. And I'll do some MX schools through the years over. And I don't really know what I'm doing for winter. Um, I might just work all damn winter plowing snow for my boss and save up some money and do this again next year for, you know, old time sake and go to the places I didn't get to go this year. Maybe, I don't know what they're going to do with the futures. Like, like I said, I'd love to try to earn a supercross license. If I had the opportunity, I'd have to go get a two fifty, of course. And right. All that jazz. But at the same time, like there's no plans for that because there's no announcement for it. So what do you do at this point? Do you get a hundred percent healthy and go in on one series or do you try to go after the thing that you've wanted to do and, try to accommodate for both like we're just kind of up in the air man we're always down for whatever opportunity arises and we just try to take advantage of whatever we can get <laughs> sick all right dude well hey keep in touch and you know if if you've got time feel free send me a text we'll get you jump back on here and you talk about you know whatever it is that you want to talk about at that time uh there's we run two shows a week too so we've got a thursday night and then doug and tiller run there their show on Monday night. So if you want to come in and talk about results on Mondays, you're more than welcome anytime. No problem, dude. Like I said, um, I don't got a problem chatting, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> dude, it's great to meet you. It was I'm, a privilege meeting you too. And I love meeting good people. And 
having good conversations and actually, you know, BS and not just a bunch of BS. <laughs> right. Yeah. That was, that, that was the point. I don't, I didn't want to make this, uh, you know, I didn't want to make it too serious. I wanted this to just be a bullshit session and I'm glad, I'm glad we did it this way. Absolutely. It was fun. Dude, I can balance out both. I can be serious. I can be this. I can be that. Like I, I talk about just about anything. Like I said, other than, Maybe some views because I ain't about to get internet blasted. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. So uh, we'll wrap it up. So for you guys out there, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for uh, bouncing around in the chat. We get to follow along a little bit with some of the funny stuff going on in there. Um, again, don't forget, jump over to brotacofoods.com. Use that coupon code PTTG for 20% off your order. <laughs> the, the shotgun. Uh, jump over also jump over to sunstar-breaking.com use the coupon code pttg30 over there and get 30 percent off over at sunstar and of course over at power the number two the ground.com you can go over there do the pick'em challenge um which is our fantasy our motocross fantasy uh setup that we have over there all that kind of stuff. Hey, where can they uh, find your merch at? Dude, you hit me up on my um, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. It's about anything, to be honest, dude. I'm about the easiest person to get a hold of. If you direct message me or you direct message uh, Detroit Moto Mob, honestly, we got a lot of – dude, we still have a lot of clothes. Like, we've sold a lot, but we have about any size, dude. The kids need some. We, got, we favor the big dudes too, man. I got a double XL for anybody. Like – Dude, you guys hear that? Let's let's hit him up on Instagram. Let's get all of his stuff sold. Doug, you heard it. Let's pump it out there. Let's get all of his merch sold. Get it on Facebook too, man. Put it on everything, dude. Like I said, it just helps me have gas money to do the next best thing. (laughs) Or spend more money with Doug, so he definitely wants a (laughs) t-shirt sold. I love it. Doug doing Doug things, man. Doug doing Doug things. Dude, all day, man. And whoever buys something, take a picture of it. I'll share it on everything, dude. I appreciate your support. And even the thought of me, like, being on a t-shirt and you want me to be a part of it. Like, rock and roll, dude. <laughs> Sick. All right, man. Hey, it was great having you on here. Again, I'll, I'm going to text you. I'm 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 going to be be real. I'm going to bug you from time to time. So, just I'll a heads up. out of me, dude. <laughs> I will. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for jumping on here with us. And uh, yeah, I'll be in touch, dude. Hell yeah, man. You have a good night. Thank you very much for the privilege. And I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. No problem, dude. It was a great time. Great to meet you. All right. Great to meet you too, man. Everybody have a good night. Thanks for tuning in. I'm pumped about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great night. I will see you guys next week. I'm out. Peace. All right. See you guys.